Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and we have a very important program for you today, so I'm really happy that you're joining us, and I encourage you that once the program is over, that you share it in whatever capacity you can. If it's a podcast show and you can share that easily, that's great, but I also highly recommend that you share the YouTube video. It's easy to share on your social media. It's easy to send in emails, and once you hear this program, I think you're going to um, understand why it's so important that you share this and that you do something, that you are an advocate on behalf of millions of girls and women worldwide, but also uh, right here in the United States. So the program, the name of the program is The War Against Girls and Women Using Female Genital Mutilation, or FGM, and with my very special guest, F.A. Cole. (laughs) F.A. Cole grew up in the coastal West African country of Sierra Leone. She is a survivor of female genital mutilation, childhood sexual assault, and rape. F.A.'s mission in life is to focus on empowering survivors and to provide needed tools, spiritual, financial, emotional, and educational, to help them overcome their trauma. She's received a Global Women Award for building a community of support, love, and sisterhood for survivors of FGM and other forms of sexual abuse. And the National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women's Clubs um, and Global Women Peace Foundation were also so moved by F.A. Cole's selfless act of love, they decided to partner with her to get donations for her foundation, which is the FAC Foundation, F-A-C, a lighthouse for kids. F.A. Cole continues her advocacy work as she works alongside legislators and law enforcement to criminalize this brutal, barbaric practice in the United States of America. I want to welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, F.A. Cole. Welcome, F.A. Thank you, Christine. Thanks for having me on your show today. Well, I, I had to. I had to have you on the show today because... I was so moved, and when I saw it, it was just by accident that I saw you on on Facebook. It was a um, a comment I believe you left, and immediately when I saw you, when I saw your face, I knew, I, not even knowing what you were talking about it, initially, I knew that I needed to reach out to you, and I knew that you needed to be on this program. And then when I read more and found out the work that you're doing on behalf of so many young girls and women globally, but also here in the United States, I said, we have to do something about this. This cannot stand. This cannot be. And I, I was telling you in the pre-interview, not on my watch. <laughs> We're going to make sure that we, yeah. we name and shame those that are stopping this from being a, um, uh, a crime, a, a uh, punishable by, I would, I would hope life in prison, but we'll talk about that more. Can you please let our listeners know a little bit about you? You're from, I mentioned you're from Sierra Leone, but you're, you're living on the West Coast right now, right? Yeah, I am from Sierra Leone, West Africa, but I immigrated to the U.S. legally. I need to put that out there. <laughs> Yeah, in 1997, I won the immigration lottery. I don't know how many people are actually familiar with that. And so I came up my green card. And in 2003, I became um, a United States citizen, which is why I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing. But yeah, I've been in this country for 21 years. And I brought my son and my mom. So we're all here. But because, you know, had I been back in Sierra Leone, 
what I'm doing now, I would not have been able to do it in Sierra Leone. So I just thank God for this country and the people of this country who have given me the opportunity to do my adv- advocacy work for, fully. And for those who are not familiar with FGM or female genital mutilation, it's not talked about in this country. Um, I just spoken to a few people about this program, about how I, um, I was really looking forward to getting this information out on the air. And they were like, what, what, what is that? And they also, they thought it was something that happened in another, in other countries. Can you let our listeners know what FGM is and, of course, who it impacts or who, who is affected mostly by it, obviously? Yeah, sure. So um, FGM, like you said, female genital mutilation, there are actually three types, but the World Health Organization added a fourth type to um, FGM. So the first type, type one, is just the the amputation of the clitoris. And sometimes they also remove, also remove the hood of the clitoris. I didn't even know the clitoris had a hood. So that's type one. And that's what's mainly practiced in my country, Cyrillian. And then there's type two, where they remove the clitoris, the hood, and the labia minora. And then we have type three, where they remove, I'm sorry, I get, panic attacks and so I'm trying not to okay yeah and then we have type three where they remove everything the menorah the majora the who the clitoris and then they stitch the girls up and leave just a tiny hole for urination and menstruation and that actually Oh, people say that's the most gruesome type, but to me, I believe all of it is gruesome. And now type four that they added is, you know, anything done to the vagina for non-medical reasons is considered type type four, like scraping, nicking, and piercing of the clitoris. Now it's considered um, type four. So FGM is practiced in about a hundred and something countries all over the world. In Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. And unfortunately, it's now happening on American soil. And this is what people don't really believe. You don't know if wherever you have immigrants from practicing countries, I assure you that it's happening underground. And now that we have about 34 states who have a law against the practice, who've criminalized the law, the people, women, are becoming a bit more conniving like it's really bad so we have what's called vacation cutting and now is the season where they send the children their girls who were born who were citizens of america back to their the countries of their parents to have the procedure done and then they come back because of course she away for from school for two to three months and then they come back and they swear us to secrecy it happened to me when i was 11 this was 35 years ago and i still suffer from ptsd i don't like to see razors the minute you mention, you can mention razor, I'm okay, but you put the blade part to it, it just takes me back to that night of August 1st, 1984. I was 11, I would never forget that. So what they're doing now is they take these girls home to the countries and have the procedure done and they swear you to secrecy. If you tell anyone, you'll die. And of course, if you tell a five-year-old, a 10-year-old that if you tell anybody what happened to you, your stomach will swell and you'll die. They're not going to talk about it. And so they come back and they suffer alone. And even when they do that, the moms don't even have a conversation. We are not given the option, women and survivors of FGM. We're not given the choice to say no or yes. They just tell us, oh, you're going somewhere to be made into a woman. I was 11 and I still question. How can an 11-year-old be made into a woman? You know, and that's how they tell, they tell us. And they also trick us into believing that when we come back, we get lots and lots of presents. And of course, kids love presents. So you're thinking that you go into this place, you're going to get presents. And sometimes they even tell us, oh, we're just going to a birthday party of one of your friends. 
and you go there, you meet all these strange women, and then they just kidnap you and take you into the bushes. So maybe I should wait when I talk about my experience, but yeah, so now in America, for those of us who are from practicing countries, your next door neighbor, you don't know, maybe from Sierra Leone or from the Gambia or from Kenya or Somalia, where it's practiced, or from Egypt, Iran, you don't even know. They go home on holiday, they come back a different girl, a different child, and they can't even talk about it. You know, because they swear you to save you. If you talk about it, you'll die. For those who can't send their kids home, because now the FBI thing that I've been, I work with the FBI and the ICE, they now have this training. I think it was called Operation Limelight, I believe where they trained TSA agents at different airports. It started in JFK. So they pull people like that. If they see an older man or an older woman traveling with a young child, it's a red flag, yeah. you know? So they pull them aside and they question them. And 100% of the time, these people are right. They're taking them out of the country to have them undergo FGM. So now that they know that that's happening, and I got wind of this from my members in the Syrian community. Okay, if this is what they're doing now, they're cracking down on us, we are going to bring the cutters to America. And so what they do, they invite the, the cutters here under the guise of, oh, I'm coming to see my granddaughter. So they get the visas and they come here and they do it in the basement of a house of one of the moms. So that's what's going on. It's to me, it's a genocide of the spirit of women. Um, I was looking at the numbers just in the United States. Um, it's estimated, and I don't even know what these numbers, what year this was taken. So you, and of course you might know more, um, but there's something like 125 million girls and women alive today have been cut. Oh, this is in all in all of the different countries. 125 million women alive it's today. Over, it's actually more than that. It's more than 200 million. So why not? And I think it's more than 200 million because you have countries where this is no count. Like my country, most of the villages, there are no doctors there. So who's counting those? So I believe, I know for a fact that it's way more than 200 million women worldwide and girls who've undergone FGM. And in the United States alone, based on the number of immigrants that we have here from practicing countries, 500,000 girls and women, well, 500 girls are at risk of undergoing female genital mutilation. 500,000. Yes. That's insane to me. That's insane <laughs> to me. And you, as someone who has, um, who's had to endure this and experience this, you can speak best for those that have what happens to your, not just to the physical body, but to your soul, to your spirit. Um, the PTSD that you that you will suffer and that you are dealing with probably for the rest of your life. Um, can you speak on behalf of those victims, what they go through, maybe perhaps even in the initial phase, but what happens as as they um, as they grow and age? And is this also well? We'll get we'll get to that because some people have the idea, and we can clear this up. Some people think that it's only a religious. See, it's, if it's a religious custom, well, then, you know, we got to kind of let them do it because it's a religious thing. But you made the point to me, it's not about religion, right? Correct. It is not. Explain. Yeah. FGM doesn't know religion. It doesn't know, it doesn't recognize religion. It doesn't recognize age. It doesn't recognize socioeconomic background. People think that FGM is a Muslim thing. The minute you say female genital mutilation, they say, oh, it's those Muslims. It's their thing. And people also think it's a culture thing. It's neither. I always tell people when I go places to speak, 
It's a control thing. I was raised Catholic. My dad was a devout Catholic. So was my stepmother. And my mom was a, is a Methodist. Yet, I was not spared. My sister and I, like I said, I was 11. My sister was 13. So FGM is not a Muslim thing. When it started in Egypt, the pharaohs did it to control their daughters, um, to make sure that their daughters remained virgin until they got married, and then thereafter, make sure that they remain faithful to their husbands. But these days, the women are the ones doing it to the young girls. And I remember at the UN, I believe it was Ifra Ahmad. I know her. She's done so much work on FGM. And she said, the women are now doing it out of revenge because if I do not enjoy sex, yes, and it makes so much sense. If sex for me is painful, I don't even want to be touched by my husband. I'm going to do it to you so that you know what it feels like to not enjoy sex the way God intended because my mother did it to me and her mother did it to her. So it's just a cycle until we educate these people. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Education is really... really vital. So now... It's just a form of revenge and wishes and meet them. And with the PTSD, um, sorry, with the PTSD, the minute for me, I was 11. For some, they were eight, eight, eight weeks, eight days old, so they don't even remember. But for me, I remember everything. So, right there, the shock alone imagine I was blindfolded. My hands were tied behind my back. I was straight and they told me, they led me to, I call it the bed of death. And they told me to lay down on the ground. And the woman who did the cutting, this was after they cut my sister because she's older. She sat on me on my chest. And these women had been drinking. That's the thing. And I like what you said, they kill your soul. It's deeper than the physical scars. Yes. Yeah. What's is the spiritual scars that it leaves, and that doesn't go away. It only takes the grace of God. And so they gave her the razor blade, I believe, that was also used on my sister. They use one blade, and that's the other thing. So if one girl has HIV, everybody gets it, and they don't even think about stuff like that. And so she began to amputate my clitoris. I began to fight because the shock, I wasn't expecting. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And so I pulled myself forward with the little strength I had and I beat her bum. And that's how I knew she was naked. And so thereafter, they stuffed my mouth with some rags to drown my screams. And after they were done, they pulled me up. I wasn't able to walk. I was covered in blood. I think that's where my blood phobia started and from that day on up until this moment there's not first 1984 yes i've been raped i don't really remember the dates i don't have that date but august 1st 1984 i would never forget I can talk about my story and right now I'm fighting like the panic attacks so just bear with me but I can never be in a room and listen to other survivors tell their stories I can't handle it because it takes me back to yeah yeah it takes me back to the night that it happened to me and most women that I've interviewed and I've talked to they all have this same issue and I always say that our experiences may be different as survivors, but our pain is one. It's the same. Growing up, I thought it was type 1 that was done to me, but I found out later, two years ago, that it was actually type 2, where they didn't only remove the clitoris, they actually messed up my labia minora. And I thought that maybe because the woman was drunk, she just cut the clitoris in half. But because there was something hanging there. I used to think, what is that? Why is that flesh just hanging there, not knowing that 
she tried to remove the menorah, the labia menorah, but because she was so drunk, she didn't even know what she was doing. And so she just, she just destroyed the appearance of my vagina. There are women who tell me that I've had children, but I don't remember enjoying having any pleasure in conceiving my children. Because for me, I felt like every time I made love with my husband, it's like he's raping me. These are some of the things these women live with. And there was this woman in particular who told me that I don't go to bed if my husband is still up. I wait until he falls asleep because I don't want him to touch me. But yeah, people think that it's not a big issue because most of these women, they believe that it's their fault that it, it happened to them. That's why they don't talk about it. And so we feel ashamed. One woman actually told me when she had a pap smear because the doctor didn't even know what it was, what FGM was. He'd never seen it, he hadn't even exposed to it. And unfortunately for that woman, there were interns there. And so this was a male doctor. And so when he looked at her and he said, what is this, your anatomy, what happened? And she tried to explain to him, you know what he did? He paraded, he asked all the interns. No, no. To come in and take a look at her. And she she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to be able how how to react. And she felt like she was mutilated all over again. And that's how but even I I make sure when I have doctors, I choose female doctors. But there was one time where this doctor she was female of Indian descent, right there in front of the nurse who's asking. American, oh, I see there's something wrong with the anatomy. I felt so low. I felt so bad. I didn't know how to, I can actually relate to that woman's story. Those are some of the things that we went, we go through on a daily basis. Imagine someone who underwent type three infibulation to you to pass one urination. Yeah, it takes them about half an hour to urinate because of the pain. And this is something they don't talk about. So those are just some of the things that we deal with on a daily basis, not to talk about having children. And if you are infibulated, you have to be defibrillated 90% of the time to be able to have sex. And then when it's time to give birth, they have to cut you open again. So it's the trauma all over again. Correct. And that's why I do what I do that, you know, for me, I can't reverse it. The 200 plus million women and girls that it's already happened to, we can't reverse it. But we can protect the girls born to immigrant parents and Americans. So these are Americans. We have to protect them because if not, guess what? Christine, you will have another one on your show. You have another me on your show and a younger me so that's what we're doing and I don't know why 16 states are yet to criminalize North Carolina, South Carolina Maine I walk with some of the legislators in Maine, Heather Shiraki she's been championing to criminalize FGM but the Democrats just keep fighting, this thing should be a, part, a bipartisan issue but it's not in some of these states Washington, D.C., I know it's not a state. There is no law against it. Nebraska, Wyoming, Alabama, Mississippi. Those are just some of the states, like you mentioned, Hawaii. Wherever you have people from practicing countries, I swear it is happening there. It is happening. These girls need people to stand up for them. And I am all for criminalizing it and sending them to jail for the rest of their lives. Because even if we send them to jail for the rest of their life. It's not going to take away our pain. It's not going to take away our shame, self-shame. It's 
they can't, it's not going to take it away, but at least it would give us something that, you know what, justice was done. I had no say in this. It happened to me. Nobody asked me, but at least now America is protecting us and they are actually going after the people who are doing this to kids, innocent, innocent girls. This is why it's so important that I wanted to do this show with you because um, number one, we want to protect those girls that are that have not had this happen to them yet. And I want to name and shame those states. We'll list uh, with this show on the YouTube video, we will list the, sh- the states that still allow this, that it's legal to torture and traumatize and disfigure and shame and kill the spirit of so many girls and women. Um, We're going to do that. And I want to be part of any campaign that you know of. Um, If it's letter writing, if it's phone calls, if it's knocking on doors, we can do that. Um, I'm shocked to, to, to learn that Hawaii, the Aloha state where I have just recently been, you know, uh, a couple months ago, I was with my wife celebrating our one year anniversary and it's the, you know, the state of love and so many people go there to get married and it's just this, you know, beautiful paradise. And to Mm -hmm. think that they allow this, um, it's only because people don't know. And it is my intention to let, to make people be aware of this and to stop it because- This is just as close to, you're murdering, you're murdering girls and women. They may still be walking around, but you're murdering their spirit and, and um, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, you are destroying. And there are no amount of years in prison that can make up for that. No, no. There's no amount of years um, or lifetimes. So I want us to um, focus on that on the next uh, part of the show. What what you, what you're doing, but what what people can do if they're listening to this in California, I mean, or if they're watching this in California or in New York, um, if you can, let's. Do, I know off the top of your head, you probably don't know all of the states, but can you name off a few of the um, uh, a few of the states that it is still uh, legal allowed. It still shocks. It, it still shocks me to my core. But the ones that you uh, can remember, and we'll put the full list up. But I just want to focus in on some of those that are um, still allowing this. Yeah, Alabama is one. Mississippi is another. North Carolina, New Mexico, Washington. Um, oh. I don't know if North Dakota has it, but I know that Arizona doesn't. Nebraska doesn't, <laughs> yeah, uh, Maine. Maine doesn't have. Maine. Maine yeah. is for lovers is what they say. Maine. Maine. Yeah, Maine. Okay, Maine. It. Yeah, so that's 10 that I know at the top of my head. There's there six more that do not have and the backing. Get- we mentioned Hawaii. Yeah. And so. Alaska, correct? Is that Yeah. So? Okay. Yeah. I had a few of the states here. Tell me if this is correct. Mon- Montana? Yes. Wyoming? Correct. Indiana? Correct. Connecticut? Connecticut, I am not so sure. Okay. I'm not sure about Connecticut. Kentucky? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And isn't that, it's no surprise with Alabama. Here we're talking about a state with some of the harshest uh, abortion. Exactly. Even in cases of rape and incest, you must have that child. And wow, surprise, surprise. They also allow female, it's, it is a war. It is, I will, it is a war against women. Not just, I mean, we already have just, in regular society, we already have a war against women with the amount of 
vicious sexual assault and rape and um, child uh, sexual assault with pedophilia and predators coming Mm -hmm. after our little girls and boys, right? But, But this is very clear to me that this is an assault and this is a war on women, on, on, on the female goddess. And you know what? Somebody had asked me, uh, the nurse who came to see me today, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm in a wheelchair right now. It's just from an accident. And I had, uh, a registered nurse come visit and clean up my wounds. And, uh, she said, I wonder why, like why? And I said to her, I said, because women are so powerful. Yeah. We are creators. We are givers mm-hmm. of life. We are the mamas, mm-hmm. right? We're the loving yeah. mother. We're the mother goddess. We're so powerful. Not long ago, they were burning us at the stakes. Remember? They burned us yeah. at the stake if you, if you helped someone feel better. If you looked a certain way. If they didn't like you. If they said, oh, she talks back. Or if they just looked at you and said, you're a witch. And what they did to those women. Yes, yes. What they did to those women, and that was global as well. But it is an all-out assault. And the wrist slapping that they do on these perpetrators, on these um, sadistic uh, men and and women is, um, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And so this is my hope with this is that we are going to build up a movement of millions of people. If we can, we'll get this word out. I want people to share this. I want everybody to share this and I want people to hear it. And if it's Democrats, if it's the Democrats in our government that are stopping this, then we're going to put pressure and we're going to name and shame those Democrats. Yeah, because it's, for me, it was really amazing. I couldn't understand it. I'm like, okay, but why everybody, all the legislatures that I've worked with, they are all Republicans. I'm not making this um, a Republican versus Democrat issue, but I think we all should come together to protect these girls. Somebody said, well, maybe the Republicans are fighting to criminalize FGM because they believe that it's an immigration issue. I said, you know, it's not an immigration issue. These no, but they might be. But, but what it is, I, I see, I kind of, I kind of get it. The Republicans, yeah. in particular, conservative Republicans, are very right. anti-Muslim. And they uh-huh. think, wrongfully, but they think that True. FGM is just a Muslim issue. Yeah, so if we go not. after yeah. the FGM and we criminalize it, we're criminalizing Muslims. The Muslims. They yes. don't realize that some have no religion at all. Some are Catholic. It doesn't, some, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was raised Catholic, and in my country, Christians as well as Muslims do that because it's their tradition. But the sad part, if it's a tradition, then everybody, all the girls, women in my country, seriously, on my country of birth, should have gone through it. My mom, who's Creole, didn't go through it, even though they're Sierra Leoneans. They did not embrace that part, you know. And even in Sierra Leone, it didn't start with the amputation of the clitoris. That came in later. And you know what? These cutters get paid money. They don't do it for free. They pay, it's between six to five to a hundred US dollars per girl. Yeah, so it's a money-making industry. And that's why it's... That's why it keeps going. Yeah, such a challenge to actually do what we're doing to be successful. And then you have other women, survivors of FGM, who want... I know one in particular. I'm not going to mention her name because she would love that attention. But she was against FGM, the practice, but now she teamed up with some other group and they're paying her. So now she changed. Now she is for FGM. And luckily for her, she has one child, a boy. 
so people cannot go back, you know, so she, you can't even question her about that. But she's promoting female genital mutilation. She's down here in the States and we've gone after her. But then even the FBI told me, well, free freedom of speech. She can say, but I'm like, she's promoting torture. She's promoting basically death because you know how many girls have died while being cut. We didn't talk about, we didn't even talk about that aspect yeah. about not only the fact that they are um, mutilated for the, I mean, and disfigured, but also the high death rate because you had told me too, I believe, and this is, uh, this is how I know it's a very sadistic, it's a very sadistic evil. It's evil what they're doing. Um, that a lot of times they don't use, I mean, they don't use anesthesia. They don't use clean instruments. It's, it's, it's to make sure that the girl is in full awareness of the, and fully aware of the pain and the suffering. And then to make sure she never, ever enjoys sex, which is one of the beautiful things in life. And yet to deny her that for the rest of her life, but it's done. It's, yeah, it's I forgot to mention that. They don't use any form of anesthesia. Well, in some countries in Asia, they take them to, depending on the country where the girl is from, they'll take them to the local doctors and they'll do it. But most of the countries, they do not use anesthesia. You lay there and you're screaming, hoping somebody will come to your rescue. Nobody comes to your rescue, not even your own mom. The moms are usually the ones who actually hold these girls to help to pin oh, them no. down. I was down to the ground. My legs were spread apart and two women on the left, two women on the right held and pinned my legs down. And then my hands were tied behind my back. You scream. And as you scream, they scream too so that if they, it's being done in an area where you have maybe houses, people will not hear and even when they hear, they're not going to come into that bush to rescue you because people believe that if they come there, the demons that are associated with this, that's the other thing. It's highly demonic. Like you say, it kills your spirit. It kills your spirit. So many of these women, like yesterday we had our support group I'm with Global Women Peace Foundation. It's the only one in D.C., the only organization in D.C. that actually has a support group for survivors. And I actually founded the Support Love Sisterhood, the wholesome organic um, relief. We come together and we share. And there were women there for the first time who had never talked about the experience. But because it was just us, they felt comfortable. And these women need that. They need to know that somebody cares. We don't need pity. It's already happened. But we just want people to know that the way you enjoy sex as a woman, I would never enjoy sex that way. And that's the other thing that kills us. You know, and it bothers me that we've had the women's march, but FGM has never been in a topic because, like you said, they don't know. And those who know say it's their religion, it's their culture. So who am I to get involved? It may be so, but the world needs to know that there are women out there who, like I said, the best thing that God created between a woman and her partner, we would never enjoy that, never. Even with the reconstruction surgery, I had that in 2017 by Dr. Bowers. It helps. But it's still not the same. It would never, ever be the same. I'm happy that my vagina looks a lot better than it did when they massacred me. But it would never be the same. And out of the 200 plus million, how many women really can have access to that surgery? How many? Very few. Very few. And you're right. You can never, you can have surgery but to, you can't remove that, that, that pain and that yeah. trauma that you had, that, that will be relived. And that's why I say there are not enough lifetimes served in prison to make up for that or to pay for that. Mm-mm. There's not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want, I want you to let people know how they can, how they can do something because at this point people are, first of all, they're, they're educated now on what FGM is. They know how huge this is, how massive, how many millions of young girls and women are experiencing this and surviving. Some are surviving, some are not. But what can people do? Uh, number one, what can people do um, in their, if they're listening to this any part anywhere in the world, maybe here in the United States, what can they do to stop this? What they can do, first of all, is to be educated. There's so much material on the internet about female genital mutilation. And then just go through the list. Global Women Peace Foundation has a very good list. What they did was, um, like I said, I'm part of their board of directors. They have a map, the map of America, and as the states um, have legislation, you know, against female genital mutilation, we purple, we color it purple. So, and they have the up the. I went online, they have the most up-to-date. So they can Google Global Women Peace Foundation and look at the map. If their state doesn't have a law criminalizing FGM, reach out to your policymakers. That's how it's, that's one of the ways to start. And then also just, I know the other thing also, it's that I've encountered, I've been called the white man's puppet because I work with, non-blacks about this on this issue they tell me that i've been told that i get paid by these white people to sell my people like they did back in during slavery. oh my god oh they're trying yeah. to do that on you. <laughs> yeah I get, oh, I get wow i'm sold my soul that's why i'm turning against my culture i mean it's not my culture any culture that dehumanizes women, children, it's not, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm not part of it. Yeah. So just reach out to them. Talk to your legislators, your policymakers. We just have to make the phone calls and just put fire under them, you know? Let them know that it's not about the women who've already gone through it. It's about the girls who are at risk. Statistics is 500,000 are at risk have either undergone or are at risk of undergoing female genital mutilation. We don't want that number to go up. We want it to go down. So we just need to make that phone call and just educate ourselves. I know that if you're not a black woman from Africa or countries that's being practiced, you know, you may not want to talk about it. That's fine. But when you talk about it, language, you know, like some people call it female circumcision. I call it female genital mutilation. My vagina was mutilated. Nothing was circumcised. It was removed, amputated, forcefully, you know? So that's the best thing to do. And also just look for organizations that need help. Like I'm in the process of becoming a 501c3, but like I told you yesterday, it's been difficult because the kids that I sponsor back home, if they need school fees, I say, do I send pay the school fees or use that money for my 501c3? I pay their school fees. So well, that's let's, why I have let's see if we can, let's see if we can get you some money for both. Okay. <laughs> let's see if we can, let's see if we can get you money to fund your 501 C three, which is vitally important. And let's also see if we can get you some funding so you can send money back to, to save those girls that are in the, in your home country um, and, and give them resources. So what's the best way to reach you? Um, that you feel safe and comfortable to let people know if you have a website, but also if people want to um, uh, either give you donate money to you somehow through PayPal or if we have a GoFundMe eventually, if you give a website, then people can see if there's a GoFundMe page. I'll keep revising this uh, program and listing okay. it and sharing it on social media. That's the way to go. So, um, mm -hmm. Uh, let us know how we can how we can get in touch with you and and uh, sponsor you somehow. Okay, my um, I have a website www.facole.org um, facole.org. I also have my Twitter handle facole1, Facebook facole, and I 
did set up a PayPal account last year because I don't ask my the few friends I have to sponsor my trip back home because I go every year to do a workshop for girls and now boys who have been sexually violated. And I believe that email address is facole7 at gmail.com. And yeah, that's facole, the number seven at gmail.com. And I also have Frances, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-S at facole.org. So we could do like a PayPal, people could, uh, could send money to PayPal to F-A Cole, C-O, so it's F-A-C-O-L-E, the number seven, at gmail.com, correct? Yes. So yes. If, we, if, we yes. Sent, if we sent money through PayPal, you would get that, and um, I'm going to, I'll be the first, I'll start <laughs> as soon as we're done with this show, um, I will. And we want to encourage people also to go to facole.org. You can see all of the amazing work that she's done. Um, This is one of the um, most brave, courageous human beings that I've come across in a long time. And it should not matter what color her skin is. When you hear of a child in danger... Does it matter what color the skin is? Does it matter what religion they are? Does it matter what country they're in? Does it really matter at all? It's just, it's a a helpless human being who needs um, us to be the voice for them and step up and stop this. It's not enough just to criminalize it and put people in jail for, you know, 25 years to life. We need to stop it. Yes. And I am going to be speaking directly to anyone who participates in this brutal, barbaric war against women and children. You will be stopped. What you are doing is absolute evil. It is not sanctioned by God. And it is not going to go on anymore. Not on our watch. Nope. No more. So your days are numbered. You're right. It is not sanctioned by God. There's nowhere, even some of the Muslim survivors say it's not in the Quran and it's not in the Bible. It's nowhere. It's not really sanctioned by God. No, and I have an issue with anybody using religion for anything because I know there's some passages in that book which was written by men um, that if your wife acts up on you, you can stone her publicly in a public square, kill her. Um, also, if your children act up, you're allowed to do that as well. And I don't think that we're doing that uh, in this day and age. I hope to God we're not. Um, and my God is a loving God. I don't know about you. Yes. My God is a loving God. And um, yes. hey, and I believe when you said what you said yesterday, I believe he was the one who touched your heart to reach out to me. I just didn't want to be the first one to say it. <laughs> But I believe he did this connection for a reason. And this is it. I know he was, I was supposed to see you. I was supposed to see yeah. you. And now you have a, a good friend um, for the rest of your life in, in California and wherever I may be. Um, we're going to get this information out in Australia, in America, wherever this can be um, shared as many places as possible. And, um, also, another uh, direct uh, warning to Alabama, New Mexico, Washington, D.C. Yeah, Washington, where I live, actually. The seat of, of democracy, um, Maine, yeah. Hawaii, 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 Aloha, yeah, bra. That's not going to happen anymore. Alaska, Montana, Indiana, Kentucky. Mississippi, Wyoming, North and South Carolina, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. Oh, um, F.A. Cole, it's been my honor and my, my absolute honor to know you, to, to meet you and to know you. And now all these wonderful listeners of Out of the Box with Christine get to know you now too. And I want them to reach out to you as much as I can. So again, folks, you can go to facole.com. O-R-G, it's F-A-C-O-L-E dot O-R-G. And if you want to give her some 
funds to help her work, please do. Instead of buying those Starbucks cafe lattes, you know, for a month, why not just um, help her do the work that is really important? These, these, uh, these little children need us right now. And it's F.A. Cole, number seven, the number seven at gmail.com. You can uh, send a PayPal payment if you like. And please do stay in touch with F.A. F.A., I love you. yeah and i also wanted i forgot i have a youtube channel it's ethical and i actually did a vlog a 30-day vlog of my healing my healing journey when i had the reconstruction surgery and so all the survivors have been reaching out to me and i've been mentoring them and telling them how to go about getting the surgery. So that's another way in case anybody's interested. So on YouTube, they just look for F.A. Cole, yes? Correct, yes. Okay, I'll put all those links um, onto this this show so they can can access that. Thank you again, darling. Thank you so much. Thank you for staying. Okay, all right, and we'll have you back on. We'll have you back on, we'll do follow-ups, okay? We're going to go one state at a time if we have to. Just knock them down. Um, (laughs) I want to thank you so much, listeners. Thank you for for tuning in this week. And again, I really hope that you do share this program. It's extremely important. And I have never asked uh, my listeners or viewers to share anything as important as this. So I am asking you to please do it. Do it today. Um, If you want more information on this program, of course, you can go to Out of the Box with Christine dot com and uh until next time i want to remind you to always think outside of that box and be active speak up for the voiceless and i'll see you next time all right bye bye